Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. My big homies, my little homies, my in-between homies. What up? <laughs> uh, dude, we uh, last night just got absolutely pounded with snow again. It's like, how many podcasts have I said that now? Just winter's not ending here in Maine. <clears throat> so, well, first it was rain. Then it was snow. Then it was 55 mile an hour winds. So like we lost power, thankfully only for maybe like an hour, hour and a half. But I got a newborn in the house, a wife recovering from a C-section, no power, winds whipping, there's dogs, there's chickens. Yeah, it was, uh, I'm making it more dramatic than it was. It was totally fine. We all cuddled up in bed together, the dog, the baby, the wife and I, chickens. I reinforced their coop. They were good to go. Still got all five this morning. It's funny, man. They hate when it snows because I'll open the door to their coop and they like kind of like, I got to shovel them paths and stuff because I feel bad. I don't want to be in that coop all day. You know, it's, I've got it built in such a way that it doesn't get any, any sunlight really on the inside, but it's, it's, I mean, this thing, when we had that storm uh, a couple months ago where we lost like 20 trees, bro, that coop didn't budge. <laughs> the guy next door couldn't believe it couldn't believe it up the road from us he's like dude what did you make that coop out of man <clears throat> but uh you know i i was thinking this morning um it's, it's interesting that uh, a friend of mine without getting into you know, any details is going through a very real personal tragedy uh and this comes not too long after i said you know at any point in time <clears throat> You don't know when it's going to be the last time for you, for somebody else, for something, for a career, for, you know, so I think today, one thing I want to start off with saying is, um, I want you guys to focus on practicing gratitude this morning and today, whenever you're listening to this, even if it's at the end of the day, I want you to take a couple seconds and just step aside from everything, from your phone, from other people, from life from your preoccupations and what you're worried about and just really sit down and focus on the things in your life that I'm thank that you're thankful for. You know, I posted a quote last night that I I don't know if I came up with it, but I was laying in bed with no power and I was just thinking and I believe it was something to the effect of it's on my Instagram story obsidian underscore achievement. Uh, follow me there if you're not following me there yet. Obsidian underscore achievement. Also, if you guys could do me a big favor and rate this podcast on Apple Podcast, Podbean, uh, or Spotify, whatever platform you use, I don't expect you to go out to other platforms. Just do me a favor and give me five stars, because um, you know we've had some trolls historically take me from a five to a four point five. You know what I mean? It's just what are you, it's not it's not important. But I said that when you almost lose everything. So if you have a situation, some kind of disaster strikes, whether it's financial, whether it's an act of God, whether it's death, what you know, whatever it may be. When you almost lose everything, everything that you have left is everything you've ever had. When you almost lose everything, everything that you have left is everything you've ever had. And I think at the very core, at the very core, like if you were truly stripped of everything, that guy, what's that book? Um, 
uh, A Man's Search for Meeting, Victor Frankel, the guy that lived in a, well, not lived, like it was like, oh, yeah, he paid rent. The guy that was in a Holocaust camp as a Jew, a persecuted Jew. You know, the the fundamental principle, there's a lot of principles in that book to learn, uh, and it's very, very deep, so I don't want to just summarize it with one, one of them, but... You know, one of the overarching ideas in that book was that the only thing he had control of in that situation was his mind and his attitude. That's it. I mean, I would say that that's the number one. Wow, I just had a bunch of snow fall in front of my, off my roof. I can't see shit right now. I just had a bunch of snow come off my roof and uh, just... Hold on, everybody. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta jump out real quick. Uh, they don't want me talking about Victor Frankel. What in the world? Dude, that was crazy. Still stuck. I can't see Jack Diddley. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I just had a bunch of heavy, wet snow just fall off my roof. This is why we clean our roofs. I get it now. I've never had this happen before. Literally a sheet of snow slid off my roof when I was going down a hill and just completely, when I say completely covered, completely covered my windshield. I'm gonna pull into this, sorry, excuse for a church. I say this because they got a pride flag out front. <sighs> Hold on. <laughs> so anyways, Victor Frankel. You're crazy. Okay, so the other lesson here is if it snows, don't be lazy. Clean off the top of your car because uh, if you hit the brakes going down a hill, you're going to be blind. I was literally trying to open my window and stick my head out the window like a dog. So <laughs> the only thing I think that's the number one lesson in that book is that Despite being in the worst circumstances possible, what he you know, really worked on realizing was the only thing he truly had control over was his mind and his attitude. That's it. And then at the end of the day, that's all any of us has. That's it. So when you really think about losing everything, the only thing you really truly possess that can't be taken away from you is your mind, your attitude. That's it. Everything else is perishable. Everything else is perishable. Like, dude, isn't that crazy? That's the only thing you truly own is your attitude, your mind, how you perceive things, how you think, what you think about, and your disposition towards life and events. You know, but on a less serious or cataclysmic note, you know, I was thinking last night, like, man, if I lost my businesses and, like, I've got my amazing, beautiful wife, I've got my amazing, beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful, perfect daughter. 
I've got my dog who I love more than anything. I love that dog. Bane, I love Bane. When Bane crosses the rainbow bridge, I'm telling you guys that is that is going to break me as a man. It will it's going to break me. My wife, no, my wife, I bet you has a secret terror in her heart for that day cuz she's also going to miss Bane, but she I mean that dog has been there for me uh, in a way that I can't put into words. He's much more than an animal to me. <clears throat> He's literally like a son. And you guys know me. I'm not one of those liberals that's like, yeah, I have pets instead of kids. No, like I'm having a bunch of babies. But that dog means the world to me. I've got my chickens. Oh, I love them too. But I was just thinking like I live in a really great spot. We're on 10 acres on a private road. Like if, and even if I were to lose that, like if we were lo living out of a van, it's like, dude, I got a really good core. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like my mind and my attitude are great. I feel, I, you know, I've got a great marriage. I got a great baby. I've got great animals and pets, like things that, you know, really couldn't be taken away from me, you know, cause anybody other than death, you know, anybody tried to take that away from me, I'd shoot them in the face. You know, if somebody comes to my house, trying to take my daughter, they're going to die immediately. There won't even be a conversation. There won't be like, well, maybe we got to go through the court system. No, I'm going to shoot you right in the head. You're going to blow your brains right out. That's just, you know, it's my castle, baby. Don't come near my castle. You know, that's, that's really corrupt. When you start digging into the whole CPS thing, the CPS gets basically awarded money from the state for every kid that they pull out of a home. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some pretty bad situations that kids need pulled out of. But I don't think CPS is the answer. They pulled some, you know, there was that one uh, family who uh, said one of their, their daughter had a broken rib, which could have very much been from the birth. They're really good parents. And CPS came in the middle of the night, took their kid, put the kid in a hospital. The kid had, I think this was in Mich Michigan. I don't recall. Put the kid in the hospital, and by the time the, the parents got the kid back after protests and all this crazy stuff, dude, the kid was sick. It looked like it had PTSD, this little child, for being raised in a hospital. It was perfectly healthy. Who knows what they did to that kid? Drugged it up? Who knows? You got to understand, dude, we live in such a corrupt, evil, depraved world you can't trust anybody. You can't trust doctors. Look at COVID. If COVID didn't get it through your thick skull that you can't trust anybody in any position of perceived power in this country, everybody is bought and sold in this country. Every politician, every judge, every single entity of power in this country Every three-letter organization is bought out. All owned. These politicians should be like NASCAR drivers and wear their sponsors. Because then if you could see, just follow the money. Follow the money. You got judges throwing adolescent boys in jail because they get payoffs from the jail for every kid that they sentence. Did you know that? You know how many judges? It's like three or four judges that I know of have been caught and been sent to jail themselves for basically selling little boys to jails. That's what they're doing. They're selling children to jails. Like, how are jails for profit? Like, look around you. 
Oh, Mike's crazy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wait, I'm telling you, wait until some kind of tragedy imposed by the government happens to you. Bro, if you don't get your ass in gear and start driving your vehicle, we're going to have a problem. This lady's just looking at me in her rear view more just staring at me. I, I'm telling you, man, you... If you only knew how bad it really was. You know, if you only knew how bad it really was. And it's, at the end of the day, more than any, what gets me fired up more than anything are the kids, man. People that everything, there is such a clear assault on children now. You know, they just had another Project Veritas just dropped another, uh, this lady who's like the head of some LGBTQ blah, blah, blah retard convention depraved little pedophile group she's a middle school teacher somewhere and like head of the board or something and anyway she's in this they got a they had a covert journalist get in there and uh, film her and she's like we need to start kids are sexual by two or three years old we need to start getting into their heads about gender we need to start getting in their heads about their sexuality dude she's like she's giving them tips like you can't like if you're not a tenured teacher you don't want to upset anybody because you're not tenured so you got to be slow and deliberate with every they're coming for your kids and if it's not the school, it's CPS. If it's not CPS, it's the doctors. And if it's not that they want, the government wants to raise your kids. That's why the government introduced feminism. Feminism was introduced, okay, listen, to break apart the family. Oh, yeah, women, be empowered. Go work for another man and have another man other than your husband tell you what to do all day for eight hours a day and then call it empowerment. You idiots, you morons, you retards. So yeah, go ahead, go work. Well, where are your kids going to be raised? Well, they're going to be in school. And if they're not in school, they're in daycare. Probably some government subsidized daycare. So like you got a world, you got a country where parents are hardly ever in control of their children. Because they're always at school or some government institution. Right out the womb, they were trying to tell us what to do with Ada. Right out the freaking womb. Oh no no no! She's she's gonna be diabetic. She needs uh, she needs formula right away. We need to get her formula right away because the alternative is we're gonna have to put her on a glucose drip and IV in your newborn. Turns out she was totally fine, dude. They want to control. They tested me. They wanted to see how because they knew we wanted a home birth. I I'm without a doubt. I know this doctor sitting across from me was testing me. She wanted to see, and I told her to go screw herself politely. I said, there's no chance. And what's funny after that, they wanted to let us out a day early. Isn't that, is that a coincidence? Is that a coincidence? My wife got sliced open, baby pulled out of her. The, Ada was born a month premature, a month. And as soon as they found out I wasn't taking any degree of shit, they wanted to get us out of there actually two days early. If Ada didn't fail her car uh, her car seat test or angle of uh, her uh, oxygen saturation saturation test, we would have been out there the second day. <laughs> it's, isn't that ironic? Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird to any of you, or am I just crazy? Am I a psycho? 
Am I a psycho? Tell me. I would love to know. Look at how quickly we spiraled from controlling your mind and your attitude and <laughs> to me flipping out. But you guys need to hear this stuff because if you don't hear it from me, you're probably not going to hear it at all. Isn't that crazy the moment the doctors found out that they couldn't get any more money from us, they wanted us out of there? Something to think about. All right, I got to run inside and get some energy. I love you guys, and then I'm hitting the gym. Let's get it.